and this is it. Oh, I finally found someone, someone to share my life with. I finally found the one to be with every night. Cause what I do, I just got to be you. My life is just begun. I finally found someone. <laughs> Shout out to Barbara Streisand, bitch. What is going on, bitch? <laughs> Listen, what is really motherfucking going on? Welcome to the Solomon Ray Podcast. I am your host, Solomon Ray. What you just heard was a beautiful, just very divine rendition of Brian Adams featuring Barbara Streisand. I finally found someone <laughs> available on iTunes. Um, <laughs> Listen, okay, before we get into the show, I love Barbara Streisand. Now, I love Mariah, I love Britney, I love I love all the divas, quite frankly. But there is something genuinely beautiful about Barbara Streisand and her songs. Something about, it's literally divine. When you think about divine, now I love Mariah, I wouldn't call Mariah's voice divine. You know, it's, it's, um, and I really wouldn't even really call it angelic. It is, it's a different adjective. I don't know what it is yet, but for sure, if someone said, if someone came to me and was like, bitch, describe Barbara Streisand's voice in one word, I'd be like, divine. It's truly just divine. Very, not even ethereal. It's just divine. That's it. Um, so yeah, shout out to Bad Bitch Babs. Now before we get in the show, I'm going to give a shout out to everyone who has, we are now at 337 ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. So shout out to Khadijah, Chris, a.k.a. Frankie, fellow Capricorn, Cinderella, Becca, Princess Steph, Stina. And yeah, so thank you guys so much to all, the, all of you guys who wrote in a review. I just got off Instagram Live just now and gave three of you guys um, free week boxes on Factor 75. So Factor 75 gives me like, you know, some free boxes that give out to people or whatever. It's like a $60 value, which is kind of crazy because I'm looking at this now. I'm like, hmm, yeah, it's $60 value. Anyways, um, so I decided, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to give it to anyone, I'd rather give it to people who have just been nice and, you know, who wrote a review. So I sent three of those out. So the more I get more of those free boxes, I think that's just what I'm going to do. I also gave away four free HelloFresh boxes on my live as well. I actually, I was on live. I was going to just be there for like a couple minutes to do the giveaway. But I ended up telling some really funny stories. One of them being about not my fine, not my sugar daddy, because I don't have a sugar daddy, but it's a financial sub. So if you guys don't know what financial subs are, bitch, I didn't know what one either either was until I literally was knee deep into it because I was, so I had this guy, long story short, I'm not going to get into the long story. It's, an, you know, I'll tell it one up another day. But this guy named Fred, never met him a day in my life, never touched him, never sent no dick pics, no feet pics, no nothing. He just loves sending me money. He hasn't sent me money since December 27, so I'm really trying to text him and figure out why this is not continuing anymore. Did I do something wrong, Fred? <laughs> Did you find someone else? But um, for a few years, he would just give me, like, 
hordes and hordes of money. I'm not talking about like little $20, $50, $500, $1,000, like big time money. And he just, I think he wanted to be financially dominated. Anyway, so I told that story. It was really funny. Um, yeah. I don't have a sugar daddy. I've never had a sugar daddy. If I wanted a sugar daddy, yes, I probably could go out and get one because I am what? Sickening. You could never have a sugar daddy because you are not that kind of girl. Baby, everything I've had, I've worked for and I've gotten myself. I built myself from the ground up. Bitch! Oh, hey, hey. No, no, no. No, no, no. You so thanks everyone who's given a nice review on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it so much. A smooth operator, I'm a smooth operator. A smooth operator, I'm a smooth operator. So this past weekend, I ended up going, well, not this weekend. I ended up leaving on Thursday morning to Vegas because I just needed a break. I needed to get out of the house I needed to recharge. I needed to not work. And Serena was like, yo, you work nonstop. And, you know, yeah, when you run your own businesses, yeah, you do work nonstop. But when you are the business and you are the vehicle in which drives the business, you know, it's it's a different, it's a weird dichotomy. It's like a weird, like, thing that's happening where you depend on yourself to drive traffic in business, if that makes sense. So it's not like, oh, I just run the businesses and then, you know, I just, you know, delegate everything and tell people what to do. No, I have to like, I am, I am the bitch who got to get it done. Like I'm the bitch who like, if bitch, if I don't do my shit, then like, bitch, nothing goes, you know, I am the girl. Like they were like, oh, you know, you, um, it's no shade. It's really no shade, but when I first started doing kind of selling things and stuff, they were like, oh, you should send it to influencers and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, bitch. Yeah, maybe, you know, I should do it, you know, and, and give it to them or, you know, whatever. Girl, it's really no shape, but, bitch, I am the influence. You know, I'm not trying to, like, big myself up or, like, toot my own horn or nothing. But it's like, bitch, I am the influence. You know, like, unless you're getting 500,000 views on each story every 24 hours, you know, cool, great. I'm sure there's people who are getting millions even. But I learned quickly, like, bitch, I actually don't have to pay anybody to do this work. I am the girl. I just didn't know I was the girl. Does not make sense? <laughs> like, I was so, like, unaware. And it was like, oh, bitch, I could just use myself. Like, I could just <laughs> use myself to, to, <laughs> to, to promote things. And, like, to, <laughs> you know, I don't have to, like, pay somebody to do it. But, you know, ultimately, it does take a lot of time, a lot of effort. And I was just finding myself working nonstop since October, you know, in preparation for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then I thought things were going to die down in Christmas, and it never did. And then Valentine's Day, and it never did. So I'm thankful nonetheless. I'm not complaining. But um, I'm the type of person to where if, I get an email at 4.30 in the morning. I'm, I'm working. You know, I'm getting up and, and working. If I, if I wake up at 10 a.m. and someone's like, hey, this is what we got to do. I'm like, I'm, I'm up. I'm working. So it's not, there is no like turning off switch. So I said, bitch, just to be very 100% honest and transparent, I don't want to say I was having like a little breakdown because that's very dramatic, but I could feel myself, um, a breakdown is not the word. I need to find out what the fuck it is or another way to describe this. But I felt 
like I was on the verge of kind of like um like having a breakdown like but not a breakdown if that makes sense like I wasn't having like <laughs> I just don't know what to describe it I just felt very not on edge but I just felt I was you know spread too thin and I was needing a break and I found myself being a little bit more agitated and a little bit more short also maybe it's the fact that I'm not eating a lot of carbs too but I just was like you know what bitch I need to relax like and I found myself getting not sad but like on the verge of tears like bitch maybe I was having a breakdown Wait a minute, this is too deep. but like I was on the verge of tears when I would think of my day and I'd be like okay I'm going to be done by 10 30 11 o'clock it's done I'm taking a shower laying in bed and reading a book and then all of a sudden it would be like ding 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 hi Solomon we need more information for this and I'm like fuck and then so I'd be on the verge of tears of like I really just want to be in bed and enjoy this evening but you know what I guess I can't let me just get up and just be up till four o'clock working you know so it just never fucking ended and I was like no what bitch I gotta get the fuck on out of here and enjoy some me time reconnect and just balance myself out and my friend um hopefully I'll get her on the show um because she's going to teach you girls how to get a sugar dad not a sugar daddy but like just date and find men with with a coin you know like it's okay. What I'm about to say might sound shady to some people, but it's really not. Like, it's this is just me and her's humor and how we talk. But she's literally divorcing a multimillionaire right now and dating a new one right now. So I'm like, bitch, teach me the fucking codes. Let me, I'm trying, bitch, I'm out here, I'm out here in the middle of the ocean trying to hold myself up, honey. I'm tired of paying my bills. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I would love for somebody to do it. Where is Fred? Fuck, where is Fred? Where's my phone? Let me text this motherfucker. So anyways, so hopefully I'm going to get her on because um, she, first off, she's just a kiki and I just want her to be on the show. But she, her ex or her soon to be ex-husband had a stroke and he's young. He's like 32. I think he's 32. I'm 34. Maybe he's 33. I don't know. I think he's like one year younger than me or some shit like that. I don't remember. But he's young. And it's sad because she was like, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, hustle hard and, you know, team no sleep and grind and grind and grind. But y'all got to be careful with putting yourself through so much stress. And bitch, when I tell you, I was like, oh, shit. I, I mean, I don't want to say it was a, I was on the verge of a breakdown. Shout out to um, Pedro Almodovar, which I mentioned on episode like two or three, but um, a fabulous movie called Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. So fabulous. It's so good. Um, I suggest you guys watch it. But I don't think I wasn't on like the verge of a nervous breakdown, but I was just, I don't know. I just think I was just overworking myself and I needed like a break, you know, like I, it's not a 40 hour a week job. It's not a five day a week job it's a 24 hour job you know and then when you wake up and it's you are the vehicle that like I'm you know that gets it going it's just it was a lot so needless to say I went to Vegas had fun I went to the Cosmopolitan I do like that 
hotel. It is nice. Um, I will say the only reason why I do stay at that hotel is simply because they have a Britney Spears slot machine. That is really it. I mean, I do, but I also have grown to enjoy the hotel as well. So I got there, um, flew in, checked in, honey, and instantly started to, you know, finish the podcast because I was recording it later, as you guys know. And I, you know, I I wasn't on my keto diet. (sighs) Excuse me. So I wasn't on my keto diet or anything like that. So I ordered room service. At that time, by the time I was done finishing the podcast and done editing, it was like 1230. And I was like, bitch, I just need to eat something right now. I'm hungry. I need to get downstairs and be reconnected with Brittany. Like, bitch, come on. So I ordered room service and I ordered spaghetti and meatballs. And listen, a lot of you guys know room service is really not that good. I don't care what fucking fancy hotel you're in, what part of the world you're in, bitch. Room service at the end of the day, no matter where the fuck you are, is just fucking room service. However, the best room service I ever fucking had was at the, oh, what fucking hotel was that? Um, La Jaragua. It was the uh, I think it was a Marriott hotel. I think it was La Jaragua in Santo Domingo. The best fucking room start bitch. I don't I think they was cooking some shit off the menu, honey. Bitch, that food was lit. Bitch, that was some good ass fucking room service. But you know, like room service is just no matter it's just room service. Like wow, a green bean. Wow, a green bean. You know like uh it ain't that deep. It's never that lit. So I ordered it, and on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being divine, the spaghetti and meatballs was actually like a solid 7, which I was really surprised with. It had nice slivers of roasted garlic in there, whole roasted garlic. And, bitch, it was, it, I, I mean, it for room service and for it to be on the late night menu, bit, or maybe, bitch, I just been wanting some damn carbs for so long. But that shit was divine. I mean, it wasn't truly divine. It was on the scale of 1 to 10. But it was like maybe like, I would say like a 7, maybe a 7.5. It was cute. I really enjoyed it. Well, the next day, my friend came in and we went to STK. And the only reason why we went to STK for food, because I'm not an STK girl, honestly. It's just, I don't know, overhyped, kind of expensive. It's really a take it or leave it a lot of times. I want to take it, but if I have to leave it, I don't mind leaving it. So we went to STK only because they had late, 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 late night dinner reservations. So I was like, all right, cool, boom. So when we were at STK, let me see. What did I order? I posted it on my Snapchat. Hold on. Okay, so we ordered some scallops. So I ordered like a bunch of appetizers. A lot of times when I'm at a restaurant, I just want to eat everything, you know? So I can't really devote my time and energy to like an entree. Like, I'm going to eat the um, lobster risotto for today and that will be all. Like, no, I want, there's, bitch, I want it all. And, you know, I was coming off my keto diet. So I'm like, well, bitch, if I'm going to have these carbs, I might as well go ham and enjoy my life. So I ordered a bunch of appetizers. One of some of them were um, the scallops, that which was okay. Beef tartare, which was not okay. I ordered a bunch of oysters, which were small. And I'm like, 
I don't want small ass, teeny ass, punk ass oysters. You know, I want like them big bitches. I want like fucking what's Ariel eating? You know what I'm saying? Like, bitch, what's fucking King Triton eating? I want them fucking oysters. I want them motherfuckers. When you see what's his name? What's his name? Not me talking like I know him and y'all know him too. Um, the lobster. Sebastian. Bitch, when you see fucking Sebastian and he was singing Under the Sea and the clink, 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 them, them fucking, them big ass oysters and shit, that's, that's what I want on my plate. These little fucking penny ass, you know, quarter size oysters was late boots. So I had that. I also ordered the lobster risotto, which wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, I think I've even made a lobster. Oh, bitch, I did. I No, I, I did a crab risotto earlier or not too long ago and it was divine this lobster risotto was a take it or leave it it's it wasn't that bad but it was just whatever and then we had a um chilled shrimp cocktail with like pickled jalapenos the pickled jalapenos were the best and just like a bunch of other shit bitch the food honestly the food wasn't that lit and my friend was like okay cool but i was like bitch the food's really like honestly it's really a take it or leave it and so I had that. Then the next day we had what else? What did we what did we eat? We ate at we ate at Haleo, which is a Spanish tapas um, restaurant. Which I was trying to. I thought we were having a dinner reservation at China Poblano or something, which is the same chefs, the same chef, but a different restaurant where he does like a Japanese Mexican fusion. Sounds wild, but I hear it's lit. So I really wanted that. Like, bitch, I really wanted to eat that. But the reservation was at his other restaurant, which I fucked up. But I was like, you know what, girl? Let's just have the fucking Spanish tapas. Like, I normally love a Spanish tapas moment. Um, it's sometimes when you be ordering Spanish tapas, it'd be hella expensive because it'd be like, you know, $25 per tapas. And, bitch, it ain't like appetizers, bitch. You, you get like one of each or, like you know, like a little drop of something. And I'm just like, bitch. This is stupid. You know, like, it's, girl. It, and the next thing you know, the bill be like $900. Or maybe not 900 but like 500 And so you're just like, girl, this is stupid. But I was like, you know what? Let's. We're already here. This is already a reservation. Let's do it. So we order a bunch of tapas, you know, a pitcher of sangria, you know, trying to give the give. And then it was like, oh, for $15 extra, you could, because um, we ordered so many tapas or whatever, you could get um, the paella. And they had a chicken and pea, um, no, chicken and vegetable paella. And I was like, well, I would have loved a shrimp paella, but girl, I'll take whatever is there. Girl, that food was late. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you learn something from this? <laughs> oh, girl, that food was not, that, it was really kind of late. On a okay, so STK on a scale of one to ten, ten being divine, the food at STK was literally a solid six, not even a six point two, a six. And honestly, it could be a five point eight. Now, the Spanish tapas restaurant on a scale of one to ten, ten being divine, I will say a six point five, a six point five. Nowhere near a seven, but a six, a solid six point five. The food was just like, uh, whatever. And then, bitch, we was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the paella. And the guy's like, "It's not done yet. It's not done yet. It's not done yet." I was like, "All right, cool, whatever." And then finally, when the paella finally get there, bitch, me and my friend was like, "Bitch, 
this just sound this is like girl we waited for this it was a mess honey so i was like you know what bitch get me out of here let me go to my britney machine and just enjoy my life but that saturday we had brunch at yardbird which yardbird is located in the venetian and it's like a southern you know a southern restaurant you know comfort food and shit so I've had their chicken and waffles, divine. I've had their deviled eggs, divine, 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 divine. Like, I've had um, their lobster mac and cheese, which I'm not a big mac and cheese girl, but Serena ordered it, and it was divine. I had the fried okra, which is divine, 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 divine. Uh, The juices, the cocktails was divine. I said, bitch, it's just divine. So... So we made it because I was like, I really want to go back here. The food was so divine and so lit. I really got to try their brunch. I know their brunch is on and popping, right? So we make the reservation. We go. And first off, Vegas was turned, bitch. I think they did something to Vegas. And like that week, they opened up restaurants for no reservation or opened up fully outdoors. I don't know what the fuck happened, but it was turned, 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 turned. So the casino was turned, and right next door is this Mexican bitch's restaurant. Right next to Yardbird is a Mexican bitch. I think she's a Mexican bitch. I think it's called, like, her restaurant's called Cocina or some shit like that, which I've been meaning to try. But um, the music was loud, girl. It was, it was like that type of brunch where the music is like, it's giving Atlanta brunch. It really is. I used to go to brunch in Atlanta, and the food bitch lit. Lit, 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 lit. The, just, just fucking mouth-watering divineness. Like it was just fucking incredible. However, bitch, the music and it would be live music sometimes too. And these bitches would be screaming on the microphone, saxophone players, and just it was just fucking loud. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't want. To, I don't want to ever eat nowhere loud, and I don't want to eat nowhere dark. Okay. New York is really a place to eat food in the dark. I don't want to do that no more. Now, bitch, I don't want fluorescent lighting like it's a fucking dentist office. But, bitch, I can't. I need to be able to see. Me and Serena went to dinner last time I was in Vegas, and I had all those wait- waiters be like, bring me some more of those candles off of them tables. Them tables ain't being used. Can you please bring me some of them candles? And I had, it was like a fucking seance on my fucking, on the dinner table. It was like fucking, I was like really doing a seance. It was like nine candles. Um, they thought it was really funny, and I was like, well, it is kind of funny, but I'm, I really just cannot see. It's fucking dark in here. So, anyways, I know I'd be going on tangents. So, so anyway, so the place next door to Yardbird was two-turn. I said, uh-uh, get me away from this, and I hope none of that music leak into to, to Yardbird, because, bitch, I'm trying to eat my food in peace, honey. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to eat and feel like accosted by sounds and 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 loudness and and bright like just flashing lights and shit like no girl i'm trying to eat my food baby like i'm trying to focus so anyway so we go to yarber we get seated or whatever and it's like make your own bloody mary cocktail the the bloody mary was really really good it was giving like it had like a bacon smoked bourbon which to me sounds disgusting and it wasn't it was good and then they had like a bacon um, salt rim thing around it. And of course, like a thing of bacon in there. It's a little too much bacon for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really need all that swine in my life. I don't mind a little moment, you know? I just think it was like a little too much bacon. 
Like one of the bacon options needed to go. Like either the, the slice of bacon needed to go or the bacon infused bourbon needed to go or either the bacon salt needed to go. It was just a lot of bacon, honey. You know what I'm saying? Like it would have been a little bit more cute and cunt had it been like um like a maybe like a peppercorn moment or something to offset all the bacony moments but nonetheless it was cute it was cunt i didn't order another one just because i like my um i like my 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 bloody marys a little bit more on the mexican side on like the you know just mexican i don't, I don't know how to put it if y'all mexican out there you know what i'm talking about so it was cute my friend ordered these maple um, donuts with bacon. Look, more bacon. And, bitch, those things was lit. Like, those little fucking donuts was so divine. I ordered more of the um, deviled eggs, which was just divine. And it had some, like, caviar shit on top of it, which just made it even more whoo, divine, bitch. Just, bitch, you really felt your puss eating those. You really felt like fucking... Marie Antoinette, fucking Queen Elizabeth cunt. You know, like, it's like, bitch, I'm really eating the this fucking deviled egg. I'm giving you fish, honey. I'm giving you caviar. It's just, it was just cunt. So those are really divine. Now, he ordered a breakfast sandwich. I ordered the shrimp and grits. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, Yardbird is normally a solid 9.2. I wouldn't give it a 9.5, but I will say it's a 9.2, maybe a 9.375. But um, this visit, it was like a 8.5. And I'm only saying that because the shrimp and grits was not bad, just not... It, there was aspects of the shrimp and grits that I did not like. Not me literally going on like probably like a 20 minute tangent talking about fucking food. <laughs> I'm such a fucking fat ass. <laughs> um, so let me explain the shrimp. That's the, my biggest p part of a shrimp and grit moment. So the shrimps were like pink shrimp, not white shrimp, which is a big, big, big difference. Like, I got to re research where those pink shrimps come from. I think it's like Chile the Chilean sea or some sh it's it's some Argentinian sea or it's some shit, bitch. It's it's a different pink shrimp is different than white shrimp. And it's I in my opinion, it's more of like an acquired taste. It's more like like ooh, bitch, I'm eating pink. Like I I don't really like pink shrimp much. If I had to choose, I would always go with white shrimp because it's like a neutral flavor. It doesn't really overpower a dish whereas pink shrimp is such a pungent shrimpy moment that sometimes it could be od you know and it's just it's just too od and i'm not really into that so that was already like girl that's too much and so but then the, they put like a gravy on the um the the grits and it wasn't like a divine gravy. It was more like of a KFC type gravy. You know the kind that you get in like the package where it's just add water? Listen, I like those gravies. They're not bad. I like them. They're cute, you know. But there's just a consistency about them that I don't really appreciate. And it's, there's a saltiness to it that I also don't really appreciate. <clears throat> so, and it's just, it just wasn't 
it was just not the give, you know? So that was the downfall because I just knew, bitch. I knew Yarborough was going to set it off with the shrimp and grits, bitch. It be setting it off with everything else. Like the fucking chicken and waffles is like a cheddar waffle with like bacon bits and like maple brown sugar shits in it. And then they got like a honey hot sauce that go on top of bitch. Let me tell you. Oh, that shit is so bomb. So I just knew the fucking shrimp and grits was going to be OD. And bitch, it wasn't. And I was so annoyed. But it wasn't that bad. Like the food all in all, it was a great moment. It was quiet. It was dimly lit. You know, I mean, it was well lit, but not like overtly lit. It was just a good, I like Yardbird. So if you guys are ever in um, Vegas, I would suggest going to Yardbird, which is in the Venetian. Um, it's right next to this loud bitches restaurant. So there's that. So needless to say, I am completely out of ketosis. My body is not in ketosis, but on the bright side, I've only gained one pound. So it wasn't like a bitch just blew up like the world trade and just became, you know, the Pillsbury Doughboy. I, you know, just gained one pound. So I'm going, I'm back on my keto diet. I go to Columbia next week. So a part of me was like, bitch, don't even worry about this fucking fuck ass diet until you get back from Columbia. But then I'm like, no, bitch, let me get back on it. So I'm back on it. And yeah. So I think it was Sunday. Um, Azealia Banks ended up making a post on Instagram and she said, so she has moved to Miami and I think she started dating someone by the name of Ryder Rips, which is a conceptual artist and like programmer and it says like creative director. He, he's, I guess like a Jew, he, he just gives me like Jewish white guy from Brooklyn, kind of quirky, you know, hipstery, all that, you know, like artsy and just, you know what I'm saying? Like does directorial shit and weird photographs. Like he gives me that type of vibe. <clears throat> so when they were together, I said, oh girl, this makes perfect sense, bitch. These two, perfect. So I guess she started dating him or whatever the fuck was going on. Anyways, she was getting some Jewish dick. And so she made a post, I believe on Sunday, and she posted her, a ring on her middle finger, I mean, on her ring finger, it's a gold ring, which has, which is molded like the, I'm not going to laugh, the menorah, um, it's, you'll see why I'm laughing in a minute, because <laughs> I just noticed that, like, now I didn't even notice what the ring, I'm looking at it right now, I'm just noticing there's a fucking menorah on the ring. <laughs> Okay, whatever. And it said, I said, yes, Ryder Rips and I are engaged. So she got engaged over the the weekend or whatever. And so the caption reads, <laughs> I'm a really trying not to, to laugh. <laughs> Ooh, okay. The caption reads, I just got engaged, cunts. I'm crying. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, this is going to make way more sense eventually what I'm going to share with y'all. <clears throat> okay, so Azealia posted the picture and she says, I just got engaged, cunts. I'm crying. I'm Jewish now. Mazel tov, bitches. We in here. Yer. 
And then Ryder, you know, comments, my baby. <laughs> but then, okay, I don't even know where to go with this story. <laughs> so, okay, I also, I also typed in my comment. It said, invite me to the wedding, sis. I'll bring the Viva Clica and the Gafilka fish, which is a funny, like, inside joke um, with Azealia Banks. But <laughs> there is a comment. I'm trying to find the comment that is really fucking sending me. Anyways, so then, you know, people are like, you know, you're not really Jewish. You know, it's that's, you know, wrong of you to say you're not really Jewish. You have to go through this thing and blah, blah, blah. And she was like. <laughs> she referred to herself <laughs> I, can, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to share this story oh my gosh it's literally has been making me howl bitch it has made me howl so much since Sunday <laughs> oh my god get it together Solomon gross god damn okay so she considered she called herself the juicy diva <laughs> <laughs> and she said you better make room for this black Jewish coochie <laughs> so so okay so that it to me is hysterical the thing about all of this is the internet was as per usual was so upset with this I guess, engagement announcement. And not the engagement announcement, but just her announcing like, hey, I'm Jewish now. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, when I tell you, I'm, I don't even know if, I should probably not even talk about this because I'm really fucking in tears. Um, and then, so she responded back to someone and she said, um, you will accept this newly black Jewish coochie. I'm Jewish now. You can't stop me. I think nobody really understands my humor or her humor because the I'm Jewish now, dot, 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 you can't stop me, literally put me in the fucking grave. I'm the type of person where I all I have to do is <laughs> read... <laughs> just read a comment and it will literally fucking send me into next week bitch (laughs) there is a um side note years ago there was like this photo on instagram (laughs) i'm gonna find it and post it i promise you tonight okay when this episode comes out i'm gonna find it and post it because i still have this photo there's a photo of this lady's toenails and they're (laughs) They're on fire. And the whole, like, for me, it wasn't the fact that the, the toenails were on fire that made me, because it was acrylic toenails. <laughs> that was making me laugh. Or that was alarming. I looked at the first comment. <laughs> I looked at the first comment, and the first comment it was in all caps, and it said, fuck. what it is about like certain comments or just the way things are typed or put in it just really fucking sends me um hopefully my friend ashley's listening to this because me and her 
died hysterical and to this day will like bring it up and die laughing. The comment just said, fuck. <laughs> so, so listen, you got to paint the whole entire picture of why this shit is hysterical. So here we have Azealia Banks moving to Miami, dating this Jewish conceptual artist who's just as crazy and kooky as she is. They get each other. There's like this like um, Sid and Nancy thing going on. It's like, you know, artsy and like just this kookiness that's like it works for them, you know? Literally not even five days, six days, uh, fucking... (laughs) Seven days and seven nights later, she shows up on Instagram saying, I'm engaged with a menorah ring on her ring finger and says, I'm Jewish now. It's hysterical. It's fucking hysterical. And then the angry people in the comments, she's basically like, yeah, well, you're going to accept this black Jewish coochie. I'm Jewish now. You can't stop me. And then calls herself the Juicy Diva. And then continues to, like, post things on her story of, like, hey, I'm learning Jewish dishes now. Or, like, I just bought, like, a cookbook of Jewish dishes. And, like, it's just fucking prime comedy. It's fucking prime comedy. It doesn't get any better than this. But this is the type of highbrow comedy that I think doesn't land with most people because they don't they don't see the fucking hystericalness of it all so like i said people were fucking annoyed and one person well actually not one people one person uh, a few people were like this is anti i'm not gonna laugh this is very anti-semitic and blah 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 and she was just getting ripped to shreds (laughs) while she's literally like frolicking throughout miami with her jewish you know man and (laughs) There's actually a really funny comment that I saw. I wish I would have fucking saved it. Anyways, I can't find it. But it's hysterical. Because if anybody knows, I think it's about like two years for someone to be converted into a Jew or some shit like that. I don't know. Never tried it. But um, it's, I guess, a, a more lengthier process than being like, oh, I'm Christian or I'm, I don't know, whatever. So it's an actual moment. So ever, I think everybody on the face of this earth knows that like you can't instantly become a Jew. So she, so it's just funny because she knows she's instantly. I can't even talk about this. I swear, she knows she's not a Jew. Like she knows she's not Jewish, but it's just the it's just the hystericalness of it all. Like hey, I'm instantly Jewish. So there was like this meme. And it's like a fish from Spongebob. I've never seen an episode of Spongebob before, but I can recognize it's from that cartoon. And it's this fish who walks into an empty restaurant and, you know, it's like having a big announcement, right? (laughs) And the the meme basically says, Azealia Banks, just fucked Jewish now. I swear I've been laughing at this for the longest. (laughs) And so, yeah, so the girls were upset with her and it's just, it's just getting to the point to where I feel everyone is so fucking sensitive and, and not, I don't even think bitches are even sensitive. It's like people be upset about shit that ain't even got shit to do with them. Like they be about upset about shit that they don't even know 
what they should be upset about. I think it's just like a trend to be angry and to point things out and be like, this is um, anti-Semitic. This is racist. This is that. And it's like, it's a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fucking hysterical. And some people are like, oh, it's anti-Semitic. And it's like, <laughs> girl, that's not how this works. Like, it's not anti-Semitic. Like, first off, she doesn't even have the power to even be able to wield or push the agenda for, for something, for, for anti-Semitism to have a negative effect on Jewish people. Uh, Azealia Banks doesn't even have that pl- power. As a black woman, she doesn't. <laughs> like, that's not how none of these things work. You know, like, it's a fucking hysterical joke. Like, I'm instantly Jewish. Like, it's funny. Like, the girls have to just learn how to laugh. And then I ended up commenting on a post saying how, like, <laughs> I commented on to her and I was like, what did I say? I said, instant Jew. All you had to do was add water. Because it's just funny. Like, it just really f- solidifies the fact that, like, it's really not that simple. And for for her to be like, hey, guys. <laughs> Look what I did. I just got engaged and now I'm a Jew. Like, it's fucking hysterical. And we're just in an area where I think people are upset because I think people have garnered recognition by being upset and being loud on the internet. And people have really honestly built careers on just going on the internet and just replying to shit and and tweeting people and politicians on all this shit and it's like there's a lot of it that is actually wholeheartedly important and real and then again there's a portion of it that isn't and when you mix all that together I in my opinion I feel like it dilutes and it takes away from the fact like there is there's real anti-Semitism going on. You know what I'm saying? There's there's real things, but uh, uh, Azealia Banks, a black woman, saying, hey guys, I'm Jewish now, is not, that's, that's, don't take away from what's really going on to like dilute it by something that this woman has, is saying. Now, bitch, listen, there are some things that have really been going on. And sometimes I'm just like, girl, shut the fuck up. This one guy posted how like, and I've said this forever. Britney Spears is like Janet's, you know, daughter. You know, she's a Janet Jackson. She's not a Madonna. I know people love to like compare. Uh, Britney Spears is also just Britney Spears. You know what I'm saying? But if you were going to talk about influence, she was heavily influenced by Janet. Like she would go to Janet's shows. And honestly, Janet loved Britney Spears. Janet and Michael both loved Britney Spears. I'm going to talk to her on the phone. Thank you very much. And side note, when Britney Spears did her Slave for You performance at the VMAs with the snake, celebrities were not stand- at the end of that, that performance. Guess who stood up? Not a lot of people stood up. No, not really any celebrity stood up to give her a standing ovation. You want to know who did though? Janet Demita Joe Jackson. Just saying. Real recognize like a bad bitch will always just salute a bad bitch. So, anyways, <clears throat> I've said this forever. Britney has always been more influenced by Janet. There's clips of her in documentaries where she's telling her um her choreographer, Andre Fuentes, she's like, Hey, at the Janet show, the dancers were closer and they were more and so she would hire some of her choreographers and just she always 
I don't want to say like stole from Janet because no, but she would be like, oh, I love that music video. Let's t- let's um, get the director from who did that music video to do my music video. So there was all these like some similarities and stuff like that. Working with Tina Landon, um, different choreographers and shit like that. Britney definitely made it her own, but she never denied. And she would say in interviews all the time, she's like, oh, my God, like. I'm trying, I, you know, I would listen to the Janet album or the Control album. She would always, always, always pay homage to both Madonna and Janet. Those are the two girls Brittany ever always talked about. So I've always said that for years. And it's so weird that like people really disregard Janet's influence. And listen, I'm not going to get into that. Maybe I can do another show on that because bitch, I, I have the time. I don't have the time tonight, but I do have the time eventually. <laughs> So somebody posted on Twitter talking about some, oh, um, Britney is like Janet's daughter. And they did like a side-by-side um, like video montage, which is uh, fabulous because it's like, yo, like they are so like, those are those girls. And it's like also, also why they're my faves. So anyway, somebody was like, now is it inspiration or is it cultural appropriation? And I was like, oh girl, here we go, bitch. Here we go. It's like, I'm so tired of these girls. It's like, I feel like bitches done learned a few set of words. They done learned, what are they? They've learned toxic masculinity. They learned white fragility. They learned ableism, gaslighting, cultural appropriation, bitch, and a slew of other words. And once these bitches found these things out, bitch, they won't shut the fuck up. I swear. And this comes from someone who be on motherfuckers necks when a motherfucker is wrong. I'm a bitch who's really like, I'm sorry. What did you say? No, bitch, that's incorrect. And I'm 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 good for putting my foot up someone's ass. But bitch, sometimes it ain't really about that. I feel like bitches then learn these terms which are new like again, echoing last week's episode. This might be new to you, bitch. It ain't new to us. You know, like we been new what this shit was. But I feel like these bitches then learn some of these things and all of a sudden it's like they won't shut the fuck up. Like shut the fuck up. Like Not everything is toxic masculinity and, like, (laughs) fragility and white fragility and, like, let's just shut the fuck up. Like, it's just, shut up. So he was like, oh, is it, um, is, is Britney being inspired or is it cultural appropriation? And I was like, so after he said that, I tweeted him and I said, darling, stop. To appropriate something means the one it's being taken from doesn't get the same accolades or credit. And Janet is very much in her own league. Let's not dilute what appropriation actually is with something frivolous and pointless. Because, listen, does Britney have the power to to go into a huge stratosphere and and because she's a white woman? Of course, we know that, duh, for real. And it's no shade. Like, listen, I love Britney, but I'm always keep it one hundred. If Britney. No, because Britney had the X Factor and Britney had, she was an enigma and she really had the fucking X Factor. And bitch, for a white woman, Britney had the sauce. All right. Britney had the motherfucking sauce. So let's, let's not act like that bitch couldn't hit a stage and turn it, bitch, because she could turn it. And there's a lot of motherfuckers who really, to this day, could not even come fucking near the sickeningness Britney could ever, 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 excuse me, ever did. So... Yes, do I recognize, like, bitches like fucking Mandy Moore and Jessica Simpson? And, you know, did they get farther because they're white? Of course, we know that. 
But let's not put Britney in that lane, okay? Britney, she worked her ass off and she had she had the sauce. She did. But also, Janet have the, has the sauce. She's a fucking Jackson. All right? Like, Britney's not taking anything, literally, come on now. Britney's not taking anything away from Janet Jackson, please. And if anything, Britney, every single interview would always say, I was inspired by Janet with this. I, oh, this was because I saw Janet's tour and that was why I did it. Oh, and this was because of Janet. And I used to listen to this song because of Janet. There's a there's another documentary of her in the studio playing a song. What was it? It was Touch of My Hand. Or She was like, and this reminds me of like, that's the way love goes, which it doesn't. <laughs> you know, like it's no shade on Britney, but like, but that's, she would always say like, oh, this reminds me of Janet. It's like, that song literally has, doesn't even resemble Janet. But she would still be like, yeah, I, you know, it's it kind of, it's kind of like a, that's the way love goes. So listen, I will defend Britney to the wheels fall off. But if the bitch is wrong, then the bitch is wrong. But the bitch is never wrong. And she wasn't, don't put Britney's name in this. And also, again, do not delude what appropriation actually is. And it's like, when you're on the internet, like this is, in my opinion, it's like, this is where we're coming, getting close to. It's like people are throwing out all these like words and, 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 and shit that they don't really fully understand. And I don't know why. And it's like, shut the fuck up. That's not cultural appropriation. Shut the fuck up. That's not anti-Semitism. Like these things are actually really big fucking issues. Let's not dilute it with dumb shit like Azealia Banks getting fucking engaged and Britney Spears doing Slave for You. Like shut the fuck up. And then just a couple days ago, this lady was like, it's always hashtag free Britney and never hashtag abolish psychiatric conservatorships. And I was like, you know what, bitch? I've had enough. I really fucking had enough. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I've really fucking had enough of you fake woke ass weirdos on the internet. Like, shut the fuck up. Saying it's always free Britney and never abolish psychiatric conservatorships, which... <clears throat> Okay, T, I can see where you're coming from, but bitch. So then I was like, bitch, let's not all lives matter this moment. Like, for real. Like, this entire moment has shed a huge light on the corruption behind conservatorships. And you're dumb to think both are not working in tandem. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you took the time to actually see who's protesting outside those courts when it comes to Free Britney, a lot of those signs don't just say Free, free Britney. It says, in conservatorship abuse. A lot of the um, a lot of the links that are being shared and things that are getting messaged back and forth are not just shit about Britney. It's a lot of it about cases that have been going on of people being abused and being in conservatorships. And 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 if you even decide before you even decided to tweet this dumb shit, maybe look into some of the, the lawyers that are trying to work pro bono for Britney and trying to shed light on this movement are actually lawyers who are fighting to end conservatorship abuse. A lot of these lawyers, every week, they're always highlighting and, and a lot of Britney fans are retweeting and helping, you know, push and make much, you know, a little bit more aware of other cases that are similar. N now, 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 and now, bitch. Now, not a, not a lot of these, and I'll be honest, and I'm not just being biased because I'm a Britney fan. Not a lot of these um, conservatorship um, cases are abuse. Now, it fucking sucks. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of these people are in these conservatorships because these have they have like actual whole entire 
they're like disabled. They can't make any decisions on themselves. For, I mean, excuse me, for themselves. You know, a lot of these people who are in conservatorships are, you know, their um, their sons or daughters are helping them and it's helping them, you know, stay on their medications and whatnot. Um, Brittany has like a $60 million fortune that's just getting siphoned away into other people's arms. I mean, hands. So it kind of begs to, you beg to wonder like, where is this money going? So again, yes, let's shed light on other issues, which it's already doing, which has been going on since the beginning of the Free Britney movement. But some of some things don't really fall in this really weird gray area of, bitch, is this abuse or not? Or is it someone who's just managing their their payments and paying their mortgage payments and letting their, you know, their their grandparents, you know, live their lives regularly? And they just have someone who's, you know, paying their bills on time. Sometimes it's just that. So this lady sh just shut the fuck up, bitch. It's just weird. Like I don't it's we're just in a weird area on in the internet to where and in society where people really just want to find just an argument in everything. It ain't got to be like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I promise you. And I'm I'm I, and listen, I'm always pro, you know, if somebody has an issue with you know, microaggressions and stuff. That's another word motherfuckers done learned the last few years and be throwing it around, you know, haphazardly. But if there's a bunch of microaggress microaggressions at work or wherever, address it. I'm cool with it. But I also want people to know, like, listen, if you are super duper sensitive and if every single thing has to be perfect and you have to be politically correct from beginning to end and nothing can, bitch, then you need to, like, exit the world. Honestly, you need to exit the world because it's 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 not going to catch up as fast as you're, wherever you're at right now. It's not going to catch up and be here in time for you to go to work at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> so, bitch, if you have bills to pay and stuff like that and you're trying to succeed or get anywhere in life, you're not going to get anywhere in life if every single thing someone does, you get offended. It's not going to happen. Calm the fuck down. Not everything got to be an issue. Not everything. You don't. You don't got to be upset every goddamn thing that anybody does. Calm the fuck down, bitch. And it's like, girl, we just got to find a moment to laugh sometimes. Like, some things are just, honestly, some things are just fucking hysterical. Now, and when it comes to, to humor, I am a firm believer that you should be, you should be funny enough to be able to land a joke and not hurt someone else's feelings. Or not throw someone under the bus. You know, like when people are like, oh, well, that's gay. Or there's certain negative connotations with some certain gay jokes. You know what I'm saying? There's certain jokes where you don't need to throw someone under the bus to land a joke. You should be funny enough to just be funny and, and without hurting someone. Azealia Banks literally. And but see, this is also because you. I think you also have to follow her too. Azealia Banks posting, hey... I'm engaged, just got engaged. Now I'm Jewish. If you can't find the funny in that, like, baby, come on. Like, that is highbrow funny. That's hysterical. So it's just like, girl, just sometimes take a chill pill, breathe. Not everything is that. There's a, there, a lot of things are really deep, bitch. There's a lot of things that are really fucking deep. But 
comparing the free Britney movement, saying Britney is um, cultural, culturally appropriating Janet Jackson, which, girl, I'm not getting into that again. And then saying that Azealia Banks is an anti-Semite. Like, girl, <laughs> you bitches... You bitches are going to be the death of me. Like, for, shut the fuck up, honestly. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay, and now we are on to listener letters. Be sure to send in your questions at ask at the Solomon Ray com, And I might be able to respond to it. Um, we do have an update this week from Anthony. Anthony was the one, let me remember, um, he is the guy from last week, and he was saying his drag persona, Alana, um, like Savannah, um, he was saying how his boyfriend didn't really like it, and if I, I wish I had this up, but if you guys remember it, you know, that's it's from last week. So we have an update from Anthony, and he says... <clears throat> Hi, Solomon. I can't believe you answered my question. It was so surreal hearing my name. I really admire you. Just an update. I got to thinking about what you said, and it made me realize so many aspects of him I don't like and how he has been trying to change me. We ordered drinks at a restaurant, and he made a comment because mine had a cherry in it, and he ordered a beer. And how I should, as he says, quote, expand my taste buds to learn to order something else. Which I now see was him not being okay with me. I just thought he didn't want me dressing in drag, but now I see it as a bigger issue. I haven't seen him all weekend, and instead of watching show, watching shows he hates, like Charmed and Drag Race. Wait, what? I'm sorry, I don't have my, my reading glasses on, so a bitch is like, really, hold on. I haven't seen him all weekend, and instead starting watching, okay. I haven't seen him all weekend, and instead started watching shows he hates. Bitch, I literally have my finger on the, the the computer screen reading with my finger under the words. <laughs> bitch, a bitch is getting old. Okay, so I haven't seen him all weekend and instead started watching shows he hates, like Charmed and Drag Race. Thanks for opening my eyes and making me really care about myself. You have so much confidence. And I know this is an update, but if I can ask how or what helped you gain it, please share. Wishing you all the best, Anthony. Oh, Anthony, you're going to make me cry. Um, okay, so there are some really good moments in here. Um, first off, bitch, not, not because your drink has a cherry on it. You need to expand your taste buds. <laughs> what type of country shit is that? <laughs> bitch, if anybody need to expand their taste buds, it's you for drinking beer, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm assuming you probably had, like, a mixed drink or, like, something. Bitch, let me... You know what? Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm going to get into these questions in a bit, but... You know what's really fucking annoying? Like, bitch, let me enjoy my food. (laughs) Such a fat ass. Like, literally everything comes right back to food. But seriously, bitch, let me fucking enjoy my food, bitch. Like... Don't you ain't got to say nothing about the shit that I'm eating. If that's something, if this if this ain't something you want to eat or drink, shut the fuck up. Let me enjoy it, bitch. If I want to have a fucking strawberry daiquiri, some fucking cheese bread and fucking chicken nuggets, bitch, let me fucking have it. You know, some goofy ass bitch was talking about, bitch, you hoes travel the whole world only to eat fucking chicken nuggets. All right, tea. <laughs> you know, like no shade, but tea. You know, there's nothing. 
you know, if I'm going to travel, I definitely don't want to eat something that I can have here. But, bitch, if a bitch want to have fucking McDonald's, which also, when you travel, going to different McDonald's internationally is actually a thing because there's different menus. And it's just fun to, like, do. It's, like, a touristy thing to be like, oh, bitch, I want to see what the 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 menu is here. It's kind of cool. But, um, bitch, if a bitch wants to have fucking chicken nuggets, like, leave a bit. Like, shut the fuck again. Shut the fuck up. Like expand my taste buds bitch let me enjoy my food how about you expand your booty hole let me like expand my taste buds like bitch let me just fucking enjoy my food you know like and that's so stupid like there's no such thing as like a gay drink or like oh this is you know guys should be drinking beer and blah blah like bitch who gives a fuck like that's so stupid like guys can only wear certain colors and you know there's manly drinks and like Girl, and again, half of y'all men ain't really fucking men. Don't pay your fucking bills on time. Don't take care of your motherfucking kids. And wouldn't bust a fucking grape in a food fight. You know what I'm saying? And I think I might have mentioned this in a previous episode, but if not, I probably did on one of my lives or something. But it's always these hard-ass motherfuckers, like these mask-for-mask people and trying to be masculine and stuff. And it's like, let me tell you, the feminine, me, and the other little femme gay boys and stuff be the first ones who know how to twirl. And will beat that, like, beat you into a fucking pulverized dust, honey. (laughs) Like, we ain't got all this mouth and all this sass for no reason. You know, the drag queens will beat your ass. The trans girls will beat your ass. It's always these, like, steroid, soft, you know, gay guys, the little mask for mask who be posted up and and, and afraid and and too, like, timid. Shut the fuck up. It's so stupid. And it's like, bitch, he don't want you watching Drag Race and Charmed? Bitch, those are such iconic shows. Like, bitch, (laughs) Charmed? Charmed is gay. (laughs) You getting mad at Charmed? <laughs> this is so goofy. I'm just, listen, if you want to stay with this man, cool. But if not, I would just really dip the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, watch football and, and drink beer? You know what I'm saying? If I wanted to drink beer, I would drink beer. But if I want to drink beer and watch Charmed, and drag, it's just, it's so fucking dumb. Shut the fuck up. Um, I know that's your man and I'm, you know, cursing him to fuck out. But again, shut the fuck up. Um, you said, thanks for opening my eyes and making me really care about myself. You have so much confidence. And I know this is an update, but I, girl, you make me cry. Oh my God. We're almost at the end of the show and I haven't, um, got choked up in tears. Oh, almost made it. Almost made it. (laughs) Okay. Um, I know this is update, but if you can't, can just ask if I can just ask how or what helped you gain it, please share. Okay, so I've always kind of had a pretty high confidence level, and I will say it originated from a multitude of things, but my family for one. And I tell this story a lot, but my dad, I'm so I was in preschool and and I would be waiting for my parents to come pick me up and they'd be like, oh, um, the girls would be like the female girls would just be painting their fingernails. Like the little student aides would be painting like pink nail polish or whatever. And so one day I was like, I really want my nails painted. And so I remember one time they did it. And then when I went back, like, you know, days later or whatever, I was like, oh, paint my nails too. 
And the teacher's aide was like, we need to ask your dad for permission. And so I was like, this is really fucking strange. And so my dad came and then I was like, dad, they they need to talk to you. And so she was like, hey, so, you know, I'm just saying like he wanted to paint his nails. But, you know, I didn't want to do it until like I asked. And he was like, so paint the boy's nails. What What's the issue? What color? What? what color you want? And I was like, I want the pink one. It was like a pale pink. And she was like, okay. So I put my hands out and she painted my fingernails and I went home. And so my dad would, and mind you, mind you, my dad, um, my mom's first husband is a black man and he's, you know, big and tall and like six foot four and just handsome. And like, you know, just, uh, I mean, not to like give a stereotype, but like, on the outside or, you know, it, he would look very, um, what's the word like that I'm looking for? Oh, I'm drawing a blank, but just not approachable or I don't know, like whatever people's stereotypes of a masculine man, he was, he was, he was it. And so, which also goes into another thing I'm going to talk about eventually. Somebody remind me, but I also really want to um, talk about when people say the black community is so homophobic. Listen, there's nothing intrinsically homophobic about this community. Every fucking community is homophobic. All right. We got motherfuckers in the Middle East throwing motherfuckers off balconies. All right. And beheading them. They're homophobic too. We got motherfuckers in China getting killed. They're homophobic too. We got motherfuckers in um, conversion camps in Brazil and Argentina and and fucking Chechnya and Russia. Them motherfuckers is homophobic, too. So I don't really want to hear black people are homophobic. Do we have homophobic black people? Of course. Do we got to address it? Of course. But there's nothing intrinsically different from us and our homophobia than anyone else. So let's cut that bullshit out. But again, I'll talk about that another day. So. My family, and maybe it's because I do have a very different upbringing in a black family that I think some people don't, and I acknowledge that, and it breaks my heart. Um, But from my experience, it wasn't like that. So my dad, you know, I would he would buy me Barbies, and he would buy me Legos and shit. I just liked whatever the fuck I liked. And there was one time... When my dad went all over San Diego to all the Disney stores because there was a Princess Jasmine wedding, Princess Jasmine and a wedding Aladdin. And the Aladdins were, you know, the girl dolls go quicker. So he bought me the Aladdin wedding one, but the Princess Jasmine one was sold out. That man went to every single Disney store in San Diego County looking for this damn doll. It took him days. He could not find the princess. And finally he found it. And he's like, all right, I got it for you. Like, so I was allowed to paint my fingernails and and um, play with Barbie dolls and stuff like that. So I never got chastised for being gay and being flamboyant. The only times I did was when I would go out and go to school or wherever where people would try to come after me. And so my uncles, what they want, I don't really remember what age I was, but I remember at a very young age, they were like, all right, so he's painting his fingernails. I mean, I wasn't like walking around all the time painting my fingernails, but they knew I was very flamboyant. And so they were like, yo, you have two choices. You could keep playing with the Barbie dolls and painting your nails and stuff like that. Cool. We love it. But you got to learn how to fight. 
or you got to stop doing that because people are going to pick on you. So you got you have one of two options. You could learn how to fight or, you know, stop doing it. I said, well, bitch, I'm definitely not going to stop watching The Wizard of Oz and pretending I'm Judy Garland. So um, let's just learn how to fight. So we went outside and they taught me how to fight. So when motherfuckers was bothering me in school or whatever, bitch, they didn't bother me again because I beat that ass. All 40 pounds of me, bitch. I was probably 40 pounds all the way up into second grade, bitch. People knew like, all right, that's the crazy motherfucker. Leave him alone. Let's call everybody else fags. Leave Solomon the fuck alone. They didn't try that with me. And plus I had cousins. I had, bitch, please. You couldn't really come after me, bitch. I was going to be a fag and you were just going to have to fucking deal. So that's where my confidence really comes from is the inception of my support system and my family. And I also understand most people, most gay people do not have that. And it breaks my heart. And if you're listening to this right now and you are a mother, please be, let your children be who they are. Because you might think like, oh, he's just, you know, he, it's not you allowing him to be gay you're allowing him to have autonomy over himself and you're allowing this person to nurture himself and be confident so when they get older in the real life they don't deal with the bullshit you know what i'm saying because that's what happened to me my parents and my family facilitated an area of love to where i knew i was loved so when i went out into the real world i had crazy confidence Now, I'm not saying a bitch is just don't have her days where, you know, it's, you know, not giving Monica, like, don't take it personal, just, just one of them days. Like, bitch, I be going through it. You know, it's few and far between, but sometimes I do be going through it. So I got a lot of my confidence through my family. I also got a lot of my confidence from my mom. My mom is one of the most stoic like very strong women, all the women in my family are. And, you know, women are incredibly resilient. There is something to say also for black women that there is a certain resiliency that I think is very unique to black women. But when it comes to my mom, yo, she just had so much confidence and she would just be like i'd be like mom they're saying this to me at school and she'd be like okay and who are they and she would always teach me to think for myself like you know all moms be like if somebody say jump off a bridge you're gonna jump off a bridge and sometimes you'd be like well bitch maybe shit but my mom would always it don't matter (laughs) and it would she'd be od sometimes like it don't matter what the issue was my mom would always come to be like why are you worried about these kids? I'm like, damn, mom, I want friends. The fuck? Like, <laughs> mom, like, I'm trying to be in. Like, there's, like, you know, a time when um, I wanted a Jonathan Taylor Thomas haircut, which if you guys know who JTT was, he was the guy off of Home Improvement, the little white boy. I wanted, like, that part straight down the middle, like, um, cereal bowl haircut. Because for the longest, my mom was taking me to, the like, my uncle's, um, who would barber my hair and put like, you know, my edge up, you know, like a Nike logos and my name in the back of my head. And eventually I was like, I want like what the other kids are doing. My mom was like, why would you want that ugly shit? And my mom would roast me. She'd be like, bitch, you don't want that ugly ass shit. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. But she would appreciate, she's like, if you want the haircut, we could do the haircut. 
But don't do the haircut because you try to fit in with these white boys. Don't do the haircut because you're trying to, you know, appease someone else. And she would always be like, these people don't really give a fuck about you. They don't care about your, your well-being. They don't care about, like, what you really, really love. So if you do something because you really, really... So my mom was just, like, OD with it. And I remember lots of times when my mom, I would see it in herself, as much confidence that she had. Like, she would be at work and everybody thought she was the head bitch in charge. And my mom wasn't. I mean, I'm not trying to shave my mom, throw her under the bus, but, like, the way my mom carried herself, the way she walked through those hallways, the way she dressed, the way every... You would never know that she wasn't in charge. You know, like, the way she kept her house, like... And sometimes, all right, it happened. <laughs> it fucking happened. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Ah, oh, weird. Hello. Um... I knew I wasn't going to get through this episode without crying. What the fuck? Um, it just breaks my heart because my mom, like, so <clears throat> my mom's like 65 and she retired. And I think she retired after like 31, 32 years of working and she never got a raise. She never got a raise. She never got a promotion. She didn't get shit. And oh my goodness, hello, ew, strong Britney. Okay, get it together, Solomon, strong Britney. So it angered me because women get paid so much less than men. And black women are all the way at the bottom of that totem pole. And it really fucking infuriates me. And it's funny because I talked about this with my mom and she recognizes it and she knows like, what's up? But it didn't really bother her because her only thing was, I just want this job. I'm going to get my fucking pension. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. My mom's retirement plan is so sickening. She makes more money being retired than she did when, you know, she worked. So I can kind of see th those benefits. The um, You know, when I was adopted, you know, she didn't like the health insurance that the state gave me. So she was like, no, I need my baby on lit health insurance and you know there's so many aspects of it but like her resilience to wake up and go to work and never get a, a promotion or a raise for 30 something years is insane to me but for her it just it, it, she recognizes it but it doesn't really bother her so much um and I don't know it's just one of those things that drives me nuts but back to the confidence so she my mom divorced um, my dad her first husband went to jail over some shit that i'll maybe talk about another time for another podcast but during that time my mom was you know did go through it like there was a lot that she was going through and she never really broke i'm sure you know she definitely was you know sad and you know through her divorce and then going through divorce and then a, a, a court trial and all this other shit that was being slammed at, at her and then you know us losing our home and then losing the cars and you know going from living in a damn near four-story home on top of a hill to like a one-bedroom two-bedroom two bedroom apartment you know it was just it was a lot 
And my mom just never really wavered. And when she got back into the dating field, she was quick to cut a motherfucker off. Like, she didn't play no games. And she wasn't thirsty after no man. She didn't... Um, she she just didn't have, like, this desperation that so many people do have. And so me sitting in the sidelines as an eight-year-old boy, seeing my mom and how she maneuvered through these situations and even getting back... Um, what the fuck? Girl, I thought my... My computer's about to crash again. Oh, hell. But seeing my mom never really waver and get back into the dating field, deal with all this shit, and still having confidence and still keeping her head held high and knowing her worth and knowing that, yes, my life has changed. These material things are gone, but I know who I am, and I'm not going to let some man come in my life and not treat me and my son correct. And you know what I'm saying? So I I would just sit back and see that. And so that just would always inspire me. Like, you know, I always say, like, well, what would Britney Spears do? But, like, also, like, what would my mom do? Like, <laughs> she's just, you know, bomb. So I got a lot of my confidence through her. And my last person that I got my confidence from is my drag mother years ago when – um you know, I, I say all that, like hyping my parents up. Um, but there was about two and a half years where I disowned my family <laughs> and didn't talk to them. Um, I gave them an ultimatum and I told them to get their shit together. And that was a tough time. But during that time, I went and stayed with my drag mother. And she also gave me lots of confidence. Like I would, you know, go out at Savannah and I would perform and I would have like my weekly nights. I would perform on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, and she would, she would have like this, like way of life that, uh, Michelle's three F's of life. And it was feed me, fuck me and finance me. And I'd be like, well, Michelle, like, what if I, people don't like me? And she's like, bitch, are they feeding you? I'm like, no. Are they fucking you? Nope. Are they financing you? Nope. She was like, all right, then don't pay them hoes no mind. And that always kind of stayed with me and so I would you know well I guess Anthony and maybe he is feeding you maybe he is fucking you and he might be financing you but girl I can't really I can't do nothing with your opinion and your opinion about me is your business what you think about me is your business that's something you got to take up with yourself I can't give a fuck about people who don't have a direct line to me and sometimes it has to be family. Now, sometimes you have to be like, yo, if you're not feeding me, fucking me, or financing me, well, sometimes the fucking can kind of, girl, let's take that out. But if you ain't feeding me and, and you ain't financing me, bitch, I don't give a fuck. So a lot of that, those, you know, my dad, my family, my mom, my drag mother, they gave me lots of confidence. And um, I, you know, I, I think a lot of that has to do with how I am today. But I will say, like I said... It is, it does alter, you know, and there's days where I don't feel as confident. It took me damn near 12 years to believe in myself as a good songwriter. <laughs> you know, it took me, bitch, I'm, I'll still produce a beat and still not think it's that great. And then I'll re-listen to it years later and be like, bitch, I really fucking did that. Like, shut the fuck up, Solomon. Like, I still have insecurities of me not being great, but I also have to tune out those 
those sounds and you know and and focus on um what's good about me and sometimes i tell people if you get a piece of paper just write down three things that you're good at and focus on it you know what i'm saying like every day get a little post-it note now i know bitch now listen i know the girl's gonna be like save the environment save the trees save the carbon footprint Global warming. All right, great. Yes, I know. It's really important, but still, so is your confidence. And so, bitch. No, no, bitch. I was going to say put it on your phone. No, get a fucking post-it, okay? Get a post-it, a stack of post-its, bitch. And every day, write the name, the date, okay? And write three things that you're good at. And bitch, it could be anything. It could be, um, bitch, I'm good at paying attention, I'm good at keeping a clean home. I'm good at being a good friend. I'm good at being on time. I'm good at, you know, driving. I'm good at directions. I'm good at remembering directions. I'm good at, like, being um, the person in the group that will do, will break the ice. Whatever the fuck it is. On a piece of paper, write three of them down. Every single day, do that. And, bitch, I guarantee you, you're not going to run out of some shit. I guarantee you, you'll never run out because there's too many great things about us. And when you look at all that shit, like, bitch, I'm so, and you look at all those pieces of paper, you're like, bitch, I'm so bomb. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't do that if you wrote down all the things you're not good at. You really couldn't. You'll really be like, bitch, you're going to run out. Like, you won't have any ideas, but you'll always have more ideas of shit that you're good at. So I know that seems corny. That seems very, like, therapy-ish. That seems very, like, kumbaya a yon love ensemble you know it's given all that but bitch if you're struggling with your confidence i would say do that because it helps sometimes you need a visual reminder of you being a bad bitch and now i think but also i I, and i'm going on a tangent i'm gonna end this soon i also think we live in a place now where you have to recognize the fact that people are judging themselves based off of social media and based off of other people's accomplishments baby your blessings are not my blessings. My blessings are not your blessings. All right. What what I got going on ain't got shit to do with you. What you got going on ain't got shit to do with me. So you can't be worried about what the fuck I'm doing. I can't be worried about what the fuck you doing, bitch. If you over here getting your PhD, kudos to you, bitch. I, that ain't me. That ain't my life. All right. For the longest, I used to be like, damn, bitch, I wish I, wish I would have really finished college. I wish I would have. That I have to get to. I got to that point where it's like, that wasn't, that's not for me. That wasn't the place that God needed me to go through he kept pushing me out and pushing me out and pushing me out and I'd be like damn bitch why can't I just fucking go to school what the fuck I'm just trying to get my fucking degree and move on the fuck but it wasn't for me and like I've said in other podcasts you know you have to tune into that frequency and listen to the universe trying to tell you something sometimes it ain't for you so you can't compare and be like oh this bitch is doing this and oh this bitch is don't worry. Don't just focus on you. Some people be having like great talents. Like, yeah, some people are just, it seems that they're great at everything. But there's something you're good at that's uniquely you that ain't nobody, ain't nobody gonna be able to touch. Side note to uniquely. There was this girl in my high school. Her name was Unique. Shout out to Unique. We were on like the prom committee or like the homecoming committee and they're like, what should we call the um, this year's theme for 
prom or homecoming, whatever it was. And she's like, I believe we should call it a uniquely night. <laughs> Bitch, I was so into it. <laughs> so shout out to her. But yes, Anthony, um, it, you know, listen, I'm not going to say what to do, but Again, I cannot stress you enough. Do not worry yourself and stress yourself out about someone who is trying to change you. Like, I would let it go. But this is great. Please keep us updated again. But I'm wishing you all the best. Now, bitch, I was going to do um, another listener letter. But, bitch, I really went on a long-ass tangent. I done cried, bitch. That was too much. So I'm just going to do, I'll just do that, that update and do listener letters later. Um, so on to my final thoughts. So this week for final thoughts, um, I really just have to talk about a lesson I guess I learned is I need to take a break and not everything is serious. You know, I don't have to work nonstop and I didn't really realize that and I'm I'm kind of realizing it now. Um and I think I've spent I think there's there's a lot of life issues of reason why I am who I am. It's not just because I'm a Capricorn, but there's a multitude of reasons why I am who I am and why I'm such a workaholic and grinding person and whatever. Um And I'm learning to let a lot of that go and a lot of that anxiety go. And I'm learning to not take everything. And like, it doesn't have to happen right now. Bitch, some things are time sensitive now. Bitch, I ain't just putting everything off. But I do have to manage time for myself. Now, I got back from Vegas on Sunday and Serena doesn't come over on Sundays. And... I was unpacking and so she came comes over and I felt bad because I like I felt bad instantly because I didn't know how to tell her I just wanted to be alone and it's not because she's not my best friend or I don't enjoy her time but it was like I told her I said I need to learn to turn off on Sundays and I need to learn to turn off after 11 p.m. I need to balance my life out because I was really spiraling and on the verge of something that if I didn't take some some me time in Vegas, I don't know where I would have been mentally. And I'm just keeping it funky with y'all. I don't know. You know, like I said, I don't know if it was like I was on the verge of a nervous break. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was something that was I felt it was like this impending thing that was literally on the verge of happening. And I don't know what the fuck it was, but I was like, oh, bitch, let me let me just get the fuck on out. And she understand it. She she got it. She was like, you know what, bitch? I'll just come back tomorrow. We'll do orders. Like, cool. And I honestly, like, like, honestly, like, I just felt, I felt instantly bad because I, I don't know why. I just felt bad telling my friend. I didn't say, like, leave my house. But it felt like I was telling her to leave my house. And it's just, I don't know why I took on that emotion. And she was okay with it. She was like, oh, girl, bye. But I just felt bad telling her, like, oh, girl, I just need to be by myself. Um, which is a hard thing for me to say. As much as confidence as I have, as many things as I can do when it comes to, like, 
work or when it comes to money related things or when it comes to my best friends. And, you know, and it's also my best friend who I, you know, is my best friend, but, you know, also my employee. So I, you know, I, I won't say how much I give her, but I've been able to really turn her life around. And so there is this also this pressure of like my family and my friends and people I really genuinely love, like depend on me. Which is fine because that's something I've always, I am such an emotional girl today and I'm so sorry. I know that's so uncomfortable to listen to someone cry. <laughs> that's so ugly. But like, it's literally things that I would pray for is like, I just want to, I just want to like give back to the people who really shaped me and were there for me when I was homeless, who fed me when I didn't have food, who took me to job and like just whatever who helped facilitate me to be the person I am that was always my prayers of you know one of these days I'm going to be able to give back and help the people I really love and so it's I'm I'm sad but I'm not I'm not sad I'm crying but I'm not sad like you know but it's you know it's a interesting feeling because I know people depend on me you know if Everything goes away. Serena will be fine. She's a fucking hustler. She already has, she has a whole entire real job. Like, you know, like she has a real dead ass, like real important ass job, like a Monday through Friday, real ass job. So Serena will be fine. My family, people will be fine. But I just, I think a part of me working nonstop was, is, uh, it's a mixture of, I guess, not having now I didn't grow up poor I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not gonna give some like woe is me shit and be like oh I grew up and we didn't have this no bitch I, I I had a lot of things growing up you know I lived a good life um but there was an aspect of my life which I don't really like to always get into but there was a good portion a good chunk of my life that um you know, like I said, I stopped talking to my family. You know, I was homeless. And there's a lot of trauma that comes from that. And a lot of the reason why I lost everything wasn't because I was being dumb or stupid. Um, when the economy tanked back in 2000, was it 2008? I had just started working as a pharmacy technician in Kaiser Permanente Hospitals. I was, you know, ooh, girl, I'm about to get my coins and da-da-da-da-da, woo-doo-woo-doo-woo. And I was the last one to get hired, but the first one to go when the economy tanked. So I lost everything. And I was like, oh, bitch, I'll find another job any, like another day. Like it's, I'll find it quick. And it was 13 months. I didn't have a job. And the person I am is I made an Excel spreadsheet and it had the date that I applied, where I applied, the follow-up, the person I talked to, did I get an interview? Did I get an offer? Like it was a whole spreadsheet and it was 130 something um, I think even a little bit more than that places that I applied and not one job and, and bitch, it wasn't like I was being choosy or, you know, I wasn't, I was like, bitch, I'll work anywhere. I applied at McDonald's at 7-Eleven. There was a point where I was like, bitch, I just need a fucking job, ho. So, um, I ended up, you know, living out of my car for a bit and then, Serena's like, bitch, you better come live with me. So it was like my second time living with Serena. And 
she took care of me. She would make sure I had food and I would work like little odd end jobs here and there, but it, nothing really stuck, like nothing would stick. And then so one day I was like, you know what, bitch, I just got to like send out some job applications and I'm going to just send them to New York and see if New York got some fucking jobs. Bitch, I was getting a call back same day. They're like, bitch, can you come in tonight for an interview? And I was like, bitch, what? So that week, it was like, two, it was like two days actually, but that kept happening. And I was like, you know what, bitch, I got to go to New York. I have nothing here. I have nothing to my name. I have no money. I have nothing. I have to go to New York. I have to work a job. And so make a long story short, I wasn't talking to my family and I went to my mom and dad's house. Cause I was like, bitch, I just need a plane ticket. I just need $130 for a fucking plane ticket. That's it, bitch. And I was like, can I get the money? And they're like, I explained everything. And I'm always professional when I explain things. I'm like, this is what it is. This is the goal. I'll pay you back these dates, blah, blah. You know, I'm just, that's who I am. And they're like, all right, cool. We support it. We just need to think about it. But I was like, but I don't have time to think. I got to go now, you know? And so I went back home with Serena. And she was living in a studio apartment at the time. And I was sitting on the floor. And she was like, girl, we got to get you to New York. You got to go. And so she put half the money from to um, pay for my, my plane ticket. And I like I look back on this and I'm like, bitch, I don't know how the fuck this even happened. <laughs> and so she, she put half in. I put another half. And I think at the end of it, I had maybe $35 or something ridiculous. And we put all my stuff in a bag. And she took me to the airport and she says that she was so nervous when I got out the car because she was like scared that like, what did I do? Did I just put my friend on a flight? Like she was nervous, but I wasn't, I was like, I just have to go. Like there's something for me. So I get on the plane, whatever. My friend picks me up. I get to his house because I was like, can I just stay at your house for a little bit? Because I'll, I'll figure it out. Dropped my bags, changed my clothes, went on my job interviews. Long story short, I had two job inter- um, job offers at the end of the day. I was already working by Friday. Like, boom. Like, mover and shaker. Who I am. Duh. And then there's also another funny story. I'll probably tell this another time. But I ended up, my first roommate was like a nudist. <laughs> Girl, it's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so anyways, long story short, um... I think the trauma from me losing everything instantly and literally living in my car, I think there is this constant impending fear of I could lose everything again. And um, there's also a stigma of people who don't have money and there's a stigma of homeless people that they're lazy that they're not intelligent or they just don't do anything with their life, which is not the case. And I learned that because I wasn't lazy. I was hitting the fucking pavement. This is before Uber. This is before, like, I was hitting the fucking pavement, putting in job applications. I had an Excel spreadsheet of all the places I applied in 13 months. I wasn't being a lazy bitch. I wasn't sleeping in until 2 p.m. That like I do now. I wasn't doing all that shit. I wasn't. I was on my shit. I was calling job um, motherfuckers up 
you know, I was like, oh, you're not hiring for that. Well, well, what are you hiring for? I could do this. I was selling myself. I was giving thank you notes to everybody who ever, who did, um, who did my job interviews, handwritten thank you notes. You know, so it was, it wasn't, I was going to the library and working on resumes with people who were there to help people resume. But you know what I'm saying? So I had this, I have, I've realized this for the last, what is it? 13 or so years, I've had this idea of if I take a day off from work, I'm going to look like a bum. I'm going to look like I have no goals. You know, people are going to think I'm lazy. I'm going to think I'm lazy. I don't got time to 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 relax and watch TV. No, that's lazy people shit. And I had to get out of that. You know what I'm saying? I can't come up on this fucking podcast every week preaching, oh, you know, take care of yourself. Put yourself first. Don't put nobody else first. You can't take care of nobody else if you don't take care of yourself first. And it's like, how did I expect to take care of the people I love if I'm not taking care of myself first? If I have a fucking nervous breakdown and lose it and be stressed out, have a fucking stroke or some shit, you know, and then everything goes down the drain, then what happens to the rest of the people I love? You know, so I had to take some time off and I had to get out of my mindset and not and deal with the trauma of me being homeless and losing things and being poor to think like, you know what? It's okay if you don't make X amount of money today. It's okay if you watch this movie. You know, it's also okay if you have, you know, some carbs today. (laughs) It's okay. And I really fucking understood that this weekend because now I feel so much better. I feel so much relaxed. I feel more balanced. It was nice to be around a friend of mine, to laugh, to play Britney, to eat, even if the food was trash. It was just really good to get back to that and to also to enjoy the fruits of my labor, you know, and, you know, I, I... What's the point of working 18 hours a day if I can't enjoy it, <laughs> you know, and enjoy it with the people I love and, and and take people out to dinner and just enjoy my life. And so I guess my final thought is you really do have to listen to what it is that you need. And again, the universe will find a tricky way, a really fucking tricky way of telling you to slow the fuck down or whatever it is that you need. Leave that man, whatever. But it is okay to take time for yourself and for, I know there's a lot of, you know, working mothers out there who listen. There's a lot of single people, a lot of people who work multiple jobs, a lot of people who take care of their family, who have kids, who are sending money to back to their parents or family members in other countries. Listen, you cannot take care of us, other people if you don't take care of yourself and it is perfectly fine and validated to take a couple days off, watch that movie relax, drink some motherfucking wine, because, bitch, we don't know when we're going to be dead. Now, you know, like, as corny as I sound, bitch, we don't know when it's going to be. And what's the point? What's the point of working your ass to the fucking bone if you can't enjoy portions of it, you know, and and spend it with the people you love and, and be present? And that was another thing is that I knew I needed to slow the fuck down was because... 
you know, Serena would even be talking to me. And if I would just, I wouldn't be paying attention. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not even paying attention to my friend's problem. Not problems. She didn't have problems, but like her, you know, she's talking about her day and I'm not even, I'm not even fully there. I'm focused on like, all right, so this is what I got to do. And this is what I got to do. And this, 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 that. I wasn't even paying attention. You know, my mom's getting ready to have surgery. Um, damn near, I think in like two weeks. And I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, let me start shifting my focus and making sure my mom has the things that she needs. Now, my mom has a husband. She has, she has a huge support system. But me as her son, I just be like, all right, I'm the more organized, like on it type of girl. So I want to make sure everything's good. I want to make sure my mom is in the best of luxuries. I want to make sure her pillows is brand new the the sheets is cunt and soft and you know crisp linens you know i want you know make sure the home is clean because my mom's a clean freak like me so i don't want you know i just want to make sure things are perfect for my mom and i was like fuck i'm not even paying attention to that so all i gotta say is just take some time for yourself it helps it helped me and it's okay to tell people no to turn off to Say I'm done for the day. It's perfectly okay. And if you are a Capricorn or a workaholic, listen, that's cute and all. And that's great for us. But bitch, sometimes it ain't. All right. And too much of one one thing ain't good. All right. Doing nothing ain't good. Doing everything ain't good. Like you got to have a balance. And maybe this weekend, you know, as final thoughts, think about how you can balance your week. Or not your week, your life. You know, like what needs to be more balanced? Is it more, I need to read more? And that was another thing. I love to read. That's one of my favorite things to do in the world. I was like, fuck, I'm not even reading anymore. And, you know, I was, I think last year, 2020, I think I read maybe seven books, which is really nothing for me. You know, a bitch was reading like 20, 30 books a, a year. So... And this year, I haven't even finished one book. And we're already in March, damn near. I haven't finished not one book. So figure out what it is that you need to balance things out with. Is it more me time? Is it more family time? Is it more, bitch, all I'm focusing on is on myself. Let me be a better friend. Let me be a better son, a better whatever. Be more attentive. Whatever the fuck it is, maybe this is like a good Bitch, I felt like I'm like a fucking horoscope. Maybe this is a good week to find balance in the things that are not balanced in your life. <laughs> um, you know, that was just my takeaway from this weekend. So that's about it. I really thought this was going to be a quick and easy episode, but I think I don't even know what the timestamp is on this. But hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Next week, I'm leaving for Columbia on Tuesday, I believe. Tuesday. Yeah. And I'll be back the following Tuesday. So next week's episode, I might record it Monday and it might still come out on Thursday. But if it doesn't come out next week, you know why, you know, (laughs) then we'll just skip a week and then I'll talk. I'll meet you guys again when I come back again. If you have any questions, please send them into ask at the Solomon Ray podcast dot com. And other than that, I wish you guys have a blessed and happy and safe weekend. And until next time.